you know, go through. And they're going to look at the competitive effects, they're going to look at the market in general, they're going to look at consumer protection and just the issues that come with that because one of the biggest things that Microsoft gets, games aside, games aside, they get... Today on the Nebulous Entertainment Podcast, we are going to be talking Microsoft, Activision, and what that acquisition means for you as a player, and what basically took place. We know that this is probably not the first time that you're listening to Microsoft and Activision, um, but Eric and I do have our own opinions and just some uh, industry news as well for this. So we're going to start off first by Eric just going over a little bit about the Patreon and the development blogs that we have released this prior week. Eric, welcome. Hello. Yes, so this past week I actually started... uh, talking about the beginning stages of how I go about laying a foundation for a project idea, including story writing, uh, gathering art references, and music. And I also gave a short reflective journal on the release of our first project. So that's on there if you want to check it out. Yeah, so we are going to be diving into the full release of Stormward Sales in its own episode. We're going to make sure that we have Connor on. Um, if Jeremy would like to be on as well, they are more than welcome to. And Eric will, I'm sure, have a lot of insight to the release of that. Game. Yeah. So that'll be that'll its be, own episode. Right. Yeah, that'll it'll be, be a long one. It'll be a long one. For sure. But yeah, so anyway, so last week Microsoft made a lot of noise with the potential buyout of Activision Blizzard, which came in at $68.7 million roughly. So, billion you know, this is going to, or billion, sorry, yeah, billion with a B, billion, big billions. So, this is going to come with some huge names. Obviously, you have Call of Duty, you have Diablo, you have the WoW franchise, you have Overwatch, right? You have, um, even with the mobile game, you have Candy Crush, right? Because the activation of King comes with that as well, because Activision Blizzard owned King. So, there is a lot that is coming to the arsenal of Microsoft and Xbox, So this deal, while it was announced, it's not really expected to close until mid-2023. And that is because of the whole back-end legal jargon that um, needs to be set in place first before, you know, things can obviously um, go through and be finalized. So I think, you know, Activision Blizzard was thrown a lifeline here. They They were thrown a lifeline here from Microsoft. And this is just because of all the backlash that Blizzard has had over these last, I would say, what would you think, Eric? Like it's been over a year, right? Um, it's been, think, it's been, a, it's been a decent, they've, they've been under the microscope for a while now. Yeah. I think the, um, the allegations from, or the investigation from California was, I want to say that was announced last, might have been like August. I should probably know that a bit better, but they've, it's actually not that old that they had this whole sort of falling out with everything that they've done. So it's really interesting. Yeah. So, you know, there's no guarantee that this deal is successful by any means. However, Activision Blizzard is a huge name. They come with a lot of property because, you know, when it comes to making acquisitions, you have a lot of issues that could go astray, which is culture. You could have locations, you could have people, right? You can have poor management like we're seeing with Blizzard. You can have unmatched expectations of what Microsoft might expect from Blizzard and everything that comes with it. So it doesn't necessarily mean that this deal is going to be 100% successful. You know, when Microsoft acquired, um, what was it, Bethesda, mm-hmm. Eric, like a Zenimax, few years ago? technically, yes. 
Well, yeah. So they're they're still setting up. Um, they're still, you know, setting up some ex- expectations from from that as well, because you haven't really seen as much from that uh, particular uh, acquisition that you know you're going to see probably firsthand right with Activision Blizzard. I think that that'll take a little bit longer. But there's a lot of things that could go wrong here, and first and foremost is it's actually having this um, acquisition go through, this buyout actually go through with after all the legal matters, because you know that was one of the first things that. People took to social media to say that this is, you know, this is too big of an acquisition. There's too many moving parts. Um, you're, you're creating, you know, more power to the big players, which is screwing the lower players and, and the smaller games in the industry, which, I mean, they're not necessarily wrong, right? Uh, they're, they're not wrong. So, you know, Microsoft is already a huge monster in the gaming space, and they've done it from doing stuff like this, buyouts, acquisitions, and they already have a huge, impressive showcase but they're continuing to, to they're continuing to grow that, right? But you still have the Department of Justice, you still have the FTC that has to look at all this stuff to make sure that it is something that can you know go through. And they're going to look at the competitive effects. They're going to look at the market in general. They're going to look at consumer protection and just the issues that come with that. Because one of the biggest things that Microsoft gets, games aside, games aside, they get user data. They get your data, they get my data, they get Eric's data. They get, I believe it's over 400 million players on, throughout um, throughout Activision Blizzard, they get 400 million players data. So, you know, that is huge when it comes to adding that to the uh, the back end and the arsenal of Microsoft. So there, there's a lot of play here when it comes to the metaverse because that this is a huge move in the metaverse. And if, if anybody had listened to like the earnings report and the earnings call, there was a lot of talk for the metaverse. Um, but as you can expect, that is a very, I would say, Eric, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that is a very big play for the investors of a company. So, you yeah. know, they're, yeah. they're, they're putting a lot of cards in and for the, the metaverse here. Right. And I think it's sort of like Microsoft kind of batting against the metaverse. Uh, I don't know. I don't know a ton about the metaverse and its whole goal, so I am regrettably uninformed on that, but I think uh, ignorance is bliss in this <laughs> scenario when it comes to dealing with right. things like this. So, yeah, the the perspective that I see it from is, you know, as the gamer, like, I've been a big Blizzard fan for, like, a large portion of my life, so curious to see what will happen with, like, the existing franchises and characters and worlds and games and things like that right yeah no there, there's yeah there's a lot of th- this is a, this is such a huge thing for just the gaming industry and video games in general and, and companies because now it raises questions of well what can sony do to basically retaliate and what can sony do to um, continue to be a big player. They have a lot of exclusives, right? Because if you look at it, th- this deal, brings Microsoft now. It brings it up to number three in terms of the biggest revenue companies in the the, uh, the gaming industry. So now it's below what Tencent and it's below Sony. So it's it's still sitting. Um, it, it jumped up a lot, a lot higher, but it's still below Sony and Tencent. But it's only below Sony by I think like a couple billion. Which right. is not even in retrospect, like this deal was huge. It's going to be huge for Microsoft to bring them really up to speed here. 
Oh, for sure. And it, it can also depend on what they do with the existing content that is on Sony's platforms. And that's that's a whole other can of worms. But like, right. you know, if if they say take Call of Duty off of PlayStation platforms in a few years, that might be a large selling point for a lot of players that are, you know, Sony PlayStation owners to make the Switch. So it's right. really, so, really cool. Yeah. So do you see it? Be, you think it's going to go that way? Do you think that because they talk a lot about the gamers right now, right? So like one of the, the biggest things for Microsoft with this deal is that they are announcing that they want to continue to bring games and, and you know, just experiences to multiple platforms, right? For a bunch of people just continue to create experiences for the players, right? So in doing so, do you think that it becomes... You know, they contradict themselves if they were to make them more Microsoft and Xbox exclusive right, down the yeah. road. And I like they did say that they are going to continue to support um, games on the platforms they are on. But that to me is like kind of I don't want to say PR speak, but does that mean just the games that are out now? There's a lot of games from let's just say Blizzard, like Diablo Four. Overwatch 2, uh, potential StarCraft, you know, expansion, or I guess sequel, not expansion. So, like, games like that, they don't have to support on any platform because they don't exist on any platform right now. So they could say down the road, hey, Diablo 4 is an Xbox exclusive, right. and that would that would deal a huge blow. Well, and, and here's what they need to do, right? They need to just stay in the good graces until this deal is finalized. So, you know, they don't need to be going making enemies right now by saying all of a sudden they're going to be cutting it off from Sony and bringing it only to Microsoft. So I think that they're doing it right by, you know, keeping everybody calm, waiting for this deal to go to be finalized and then seeing how it plays out. For sure. Because to your point, like it can be a PR thing right now when they just say, yep, like we're going to keep it as is. And then, you know, down the road, they might reevaluate because they, they have the cards. They can do so. Mm-hmm. If this deal goes through, they ha- they can do so. And from a business perspective, if we're talking about like capitalism and everything, I mean, f- why wouldn't they? You know, like that that might be their move if they want to if they care about the gamers and the experience of you know bringing it to gamers in general in the community, they'll allow the games to remain on multiple platforms. However, if it comes to the point where they need and want more money, then they're gonna probably take the capitalism route and optimize what they have. However, they do not, it's not like they are just scrambling for money. This is a cash deal. Okay. This is a cash deal. $69 billion cash deal. That is ridiculous. That's insane. They have, what what is it? They have over like $130 billion just in cash, just in cash, which is ridiculous. But like Microsoft, they are a very powerful company and it's taken a long time to get to this point, but they are very smart, very smart with what they're doing. Um, I think that, you know, I think that down the road, it's going to be hard for companies like ours, for example, Eric, and like other indie devs to build a name for themselves. And I don't think anybody would get to the level of like Microsoft and Sony. I think that that's at this stage in the game. And as we continue in the future, it's just going to become, you know, um, unrealistic. So they're going to have to build themselves up to the point where they do get acquired by somebody else. 
right. and one of the big name players. I just think that that's just the way things are going, and you know it's going to be. Um, you know, because like you've what like Netflix getting into gaming, like all these bigger companies are going to get into gaming to the point where, in reality, like indie companies, they're going to look to push towards platforms and co- like bigger companies that favor them, right? So like Microsoft does favor indie devs. I, there's not really a lot of I'm sure that there's some, but I, you know, none off the top of my head of complaints that indie devs have for the Microsoft community in terms of releasing with Microsoft and being treated unfairly and poorly to that extent. So, you know, you have to look at these, these other players, like you have Sony, you have Tencent, you have um, Apple, you have Google, like if we're talking mobile too, right. And you have like Netflix is coming in. Like you have these other big companies and corporations that are, are pushing to the gaming community. So indie devs such as like Nebulos, you know, and a, a lot, of a lot a lot of other companies on the smaller scale are going to push towards what favors them right so like even epic epic is a huge company right and epic can acquire um smaller indie devs too so Mm -hmm. you know they're gonna each of these big corporations are going to continue to build their arsenal and do limited releases because they're all gonna i'm sure like netflix doesn't have its own platform right now i don't believe in terms of releasing the reach that like obviously Apple and Google and you know Microsoft has and Sony has but that doesn't mean that they might not get there in the future I don't know they've got a lot of money too yeah but you know from an indie from an indie company you have to look at what is going to be best for like my company and the future of what we want to do so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out and how these other companies such as Sony and maybe Tencent and um, you know maybe Google how they re- retaliate to something like this. Cause this, I mean, this is huge. This is shaking the industry and you wouldn't really expect it. Like I wouldn't have expected this. So right. like Eric, so if the pandemic never happened, is this something that you would still expect to be done? This acquisition uh, from Microsoft to Activision Blizzard? Maybe not right now, but I think uh, we sort of talked about just before this call, the boom in gaming in the last you know year and a half two years due to the pandemic i think it totally caused you know microsoft to maybe reevaluate how they are approaching their uh, like their platform essentially so i but and then it's on the other hand with you know when did they start considering it and when did they start putting wheels in motion and then when did the California lawsuit against Activision Blizzard come out? And did that, you know, make them hesitate? Right. Did it make them refigure their terms? Like, there's so many really interesting things I think we'll hear a lot more about in the upcoming months. You know, you'll hear from developers and executives right. and all that kind of stuff as they talk about stuff and get into interviews. So I'm just very curious to see and hear what will, you know come of all of this right well microsoft would have had to have been they would have had to have known the backlash coming so it might have adjusted the price for what they were willing to offer to blizzard but you know they still have if this deal were to go south and not happen microsoft would still owe activision three billion dollars you know obviously they're putting up 69 billion dollars so like three billion is nothing in in terms of like you know the 69 that they're buying right now however 
that is still enough when you're not getting the return in the long game process that they're thinking of. So when you look at the way that these companies are ran, Activision Blizzard seems to be more of a short game, right? They seem to be, you know, the, the turnover, money, 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 money. Microsoft, I would say, plays more to the long-term effect and the long-term. So there's a lot of chance, there's a big chance, and this is something that I saw like, you know, Bobby and Phil talking about in an interview is that, you know, Bobby wants to bring back like a few games such as like Guitar Hero, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, Phil being like, okay, well, we'll, we'll take a look at that. Maybe, maybe there's a long-term run there to bring something like that back, but you just need the proper resources, right? So like, I think Microsoft will be able to take you know, the games that Blizzard has and, you know, continue to build more of a long term for each game and each project instead of focusing heavily on the short term. Because one thing I hope does not change, you know, from a viewing perspective are the trailers. <laughs> like the trailers are ridiculous. The cinematics are absolutely insane. Like Blizzard, in my opinion, is unmatched in this yeah. industry for what they can do in terms of cinematic. Um, right. So, you know, there is a great chance here that maybe we start to see, because there's a lot of money, there's a lot of money, right? And they're getting into the, obviously the gaming industry and we're talking about like the cinematic side of things. So maybe there are more cinematics coming, more short films. Maybe there could be a video. I don't know. The sky, the sky is the limit with this deal in for retrospect sure. because and the, the, the pockets are so big. Right, and this uh, we could have a discussion another day, and I think it would be a really good uh, podcast to get into. Would be Riot Games and their sort of surge into uh, storytelling and building. They've been building out their franchises for a while. Like they just had that show on Netflix called Arcane, fantastic, absolutely right. fantastic. So, yeah, does does this sort of deal? hopefully give the support to the studios to create more content they want to create that's what i would hope but you never know and here's the thing is these these studios have obviously gotten here you know like any studios get to the point where somebody wants to acquire them by themselves a lot of the times right like by staying true to who they are and you know, in the company and, and building what they want to build. So like, don't come, don't come in and change it too much because then, you know, the people that are creating the games might lose the passion, the drive and the love for it. I do think that obviously Activision Blizzard has a lot of skeletons in the closet that Microsoft will need to address that Microsoft will have to handle um, very delicately, but make a huge change to. And I know that they've already started kicking people out the door Bobby's out after the acquisition's finalized, but he's not going without a big payday. So there's oh, going to be yeah. a lot of money there. Um, so Eric, in terms of Microsoft continuing to buy studios, and we're talking about you know just swallowing up studios and indie devs, so on and, and so forth. Do you see them making more acquisitions? If so, do you see them being like any big ones? Like Nintendo will never sell its soul <laughs> to a bigger studio. Um, what about like EA? What do you what do you see there? Or maybe like Dice, because you know EA and Dice. Because if we're talking sh like shooters now that now that um, Microsoft has Halo, Call of Duty, what about Battlefield? Uh, that's, Do you see anything there? I don't. I don't know how the corporate structure of EA and all of that active or you know like goes about its daily whatever. But uh, I could see them. I honestly feel like I see. Microsoft aiming for more indie studios 
because like just we talked about a little little earlier that uh you know connor had suggested i look into you know indie studios giving feedback on game pass because i was really curious how game pass impacts indie devs because you're not selling a straight up copy of your game it's rolled into a subscription that microsoft makes money off of but right it seems from everything i've seen it seems like indie developers say when their games go on game pass people getting eyes on their games cause sales to go up through the roof like i know yep i believe it's death's door saw a huge increase in steam sales after right. they came out on uh game pass it might have been death's door. I, I might be missed informed about which game it was but there it's just really interesting to see because like i think that there is a lot of potential for that to be a really good platform for indie devs to get their games noticed and then you have people that want to support that so they go and buy the actual game right i don't think that there will ever be an indie dev company that complains for getting eyes on their game so, you know, there is no, to the point, Eric, that you're making, it's when these companies, these smaller companies get eyes on their game, whether it's from Xbox, you know, or Sony, like who, whoever, right? They do see a lot more sales and growth on, you know, on Steam, for example, right? So as an indie company, all people want to do, like all we want to do, and all a lot of other companies like us want to do, is get get our game out there, right? Get people to play, get people to get their eyes on it, um, get feedback, you know, get a little bit of growth to the point where they can handle it. You know, it's it's crazy. Um, I don't think that they would get mad for getting eyes on it. And to your point, Eric, you know, as we look into the feedback from indie devs to Microsoft and the Game Pass, there really hasn't been a lot, if any, of negative feedback driving, um, you know, like bad, bad articles, really. So, yeah, at least at least we haven't seen it. You know, it, it probably it, it, right, exists. Right. There's there's people that have bad experiences everywhere, but it does seem that it is a just generally positive step for an indie dev to have their game featured on game pass if microsoft continues down this route of being very community driven of helping smaller indie companies which can basically form the backbone of microsoft gaming there is there might be nobody stopping them and that's if they stay true to what they're doing right now. Because they've grown exponentially these last few years. If they continue to do what they're doing, I mean, how, like, how would you see Sony responding to this? I, honestly, I think they have to do... Basically, they have to play from Microsoft's handbook. They have to do something similar. Their PlayStation Now service, I think, has potential. I just think it needs to be rolled into PlayStation Plus, which there are rumors that it might be, and then they need to put on their big titles as day one, you know, PlayStation Now or PlayStation Plus content. Like God of War Ragnarok, just as an example. If right. that, you know, if they were to come out next week and say, hey, we're doing a Game Pass-like system with, you know, God of War Ragnarok, coming to it day one 
that would be a pretty big step. Can I see them doing right. that? I don't know. But I do think that they need to keep building up indies and stuff like that. Especially because the indie scene and indie games... Think about like even just the Game Awards this past year. An indie game, it takes two, one game of the year. Over top AAA games. That's huge. Hades, yeah. indie game. Fantastic sales. Awesome, like, reception. Like, everybody loves Hades. Everybody I know right. loves Hades. So, I do think that there is kind of a shift going on, and there has been for a while, where indies are really getting the content out there that is what players want to play. And that is the critical thing. That's you know, because like indie indie devs are the people. Like there's no corporate like bureaucracy that pushes into the like smaller indie devs that right. are at least the majority of the time. Right? That, you know, so like we like they're still the people. We are still the people. So like we know what players want to experience, right? That they might not be getting from the double or the triple A studios, these bigger studios that heavily rely on investors, a great stock price, you know, the market, blah, 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 the bureaucracy, the capitalism, shit like that, right? That's a huge factor. Right. So, you know, these companies, right. In in these companies, yeah, because here's the thing. While investors might have deep pockets, they nine times out of 10 don't have the full understanding of what the bottom line wants in terms of us as the players. Right. And that's, so, you yeah, know, that's, that's it, what's you, pushing microtransactions into games. That's what's pushing, you know, uh, season passes and all that kind of stuff where it's like all this bolt on money driven content. Right. People want fun driven content where when you're right. adding so, something, you're giving them value in their time not their wallet. Right. No, I agree. So with this said, the last topic, let's talk about Phil Spencer. Because when he came into Microsoft, he basically came into a shit show. I think that he's turned it around pretty well. I think that, you know, people have a lot of love uh, for what Phil has basically inherited and built up over the years. Um, Now that we're to this point and people, because like, okay, right. The whole topic, Microsoft, Activision, Blizzard. People hate Bobby. They can't stand good old Bob. (laughs) So this is, in my opinion, and Eric, you know, it might be yours as well. This is a better look for Phil Spencer because if he could come in and bring the love and the drive and the equality back to Activision Blizzard or create it, maybe it was never there before, to Activision Blizzard, then this, this could be like the number one spot on this man's resume. And his build, like his his overall um, portfolio of his life, right? Yeah, like this, it's, this I mean, right everything he's it. done, every single thing he's done has been, I mean, I'm sure there's things that aren't great. Right, but no, 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 right, from a big picture, from yeah, a big picture. Yeah, to me, what I would credit him with most importantly is the momentum that he's building. He's getting, well, you talked about earlier, he's not immediately concerned with what is going on right here, right now. Obviously, he is to an extent. He right. has the you know, the life of Xbox, the life of Microsoft, whatever you want to call it, the long-term vision for right. it. 
is there. And that to me is huge. And this, like you said, if he can do this and if he can get, you know, Activision Blizzard moving in the right direction in the eyes of its employees, its fans, that'll be huge. Turning favor will be tough, but if he can do it, you know, and if like all the other Xbox executives or whatever, whoever's involved can get that ship turned in a positive direction, that'll be one of the biggest stories ever. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Activision Blizzard is obviously still a force, right? However, if they create it into a favorable force and we put basically all the shit that it's been getting, you know, we fix it, right? If he fixes it, then, I mean, dude, this, it could be huge. It can continue to be something that just hasn't been seen yet in the gaming industry. Absolutely. Microsoft is becoming a juggernaut and they're doing it very, very well. So... This the second part to this question. All right, Phil Spencer, you know, we like the guy. What happens when his reign is over? Do you see him bringing in a successor that you know will take over to the point that does like exactly what he does, has the same mentality, has the same mindset for the players, um, you know, maybe like little to no microtransactions, or is there a worry that the next person coming in because it is you know, Microsoft and it is a huge fucking company. Do you see somebody coming in as a successor and potentially raising the microtransactions and taking away from the community? That's, that's the big question mark. I, you would hope that with all the people involved that the next person to come in would be, you know, have those same values and the same vision, but you could get a Bobby in there because Bobby is good at making money. And if they're looking to make money, they want somebody in there that's good to make. So it's just, it's a huge question mark. You hope for the best, but you never know. And it happens with many other companies like, you know, uh, Disney is a big one. Currently. I know that they, they switched from Bob Iger to, I think it's Bob Chapek and, I don't. I don't know a lot of the story, but I know that all, the, he, all these Bob names, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all of a sudden, uh, you're a CEO if your name is Bob. Yeah, geez, I got the wrong, got the wrong name. <laughs> you and me both, man. You and me both. But I know that the new, like Bob Chapek, is not in favor of the fan base. I don't know why. I, I'm not up to date on that. But I know that like a lot of people don't aren't a fan of him, and I don't know if it's for the same reason as sort of the Bobby Kotick. Where it's right. money focused, not content focused. I don't know, but that's to me that's the big question mark: is what whoever's in that seat, what is their focus? Right. Quality, right, or quantity? Right. You know, as much as people want to like put full blame on one person, no matter what the company is. Oh, right. It's it's more than one person that takes this amount of backlash that takes this amount of heat. So there's, there needs to be like a somewhat of an overhaul of the leadership that, you know, obviously Activision, Activision uh, Blizzard has, there was some overhaul in what Disney had. So, you know, there's a lot that needs to be looked at. I think that at the end of the day, Eric, if we ask this final question, was this a good deal? Is this a good deal? You know, I think that for Microsoft, it's a win. 
I think for unfortunately for Bobby, it's a win for him because he's getting a huge <laughs> payday, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on his way out the door. I think that even for Activision Blizzard, for the workers that want the equality and more opportunities, I think that this will be a win for them because there's going to be a change of pace. And I think for the players in the community up front, like right here, right now, it's going to be a win for us. So do you see everything as a win or do you see a potential loss here uh, right out of the gate with this buyout? I see it as a win. Uh, I, like you said, there, there's always question marks, but right. You know, the, the hope for a better, you know, Activision blizzard working conditions, culture, employee, you know, fairness, all that stuff. If that is a result of this huge win, if, they like we talked about if money gets put into the content and the content can be what the players want huge win so i'm hopeful i think it's a win yeah i think a lot of people are hopeful so we hope that you found value in today's episode if you loved it feel free to share with your friends and family as always thank you for taking the time to listen if you'd like to support us we do have a patreon uh, that's that link will be in the bio description as well. You can learn more about game development, get early access to the podcast, the beta testing our games, so on and so forth. There's a lot uh, to offer there, starting at $1 a month. So you can also follow us on social media at nebulos underscore ENT. And yeah, remember that there is a story in all of us. It's up to you to decide how you write yours. Have a great night.